Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and back with me today... To make our week six picks of the week is my co-host, Charlie. And Charlie, to open things up, I'm just going to give you the floor here. What happened with your picks last week, Charlie? I don't know. It was brutal. It was bad. Please don't listen to me. You were texting me throughout most of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, or just like angry emoji faces. It was just one after the other. I mean, did you get any right last week? I got two right. What did you get? Yeah, that's right. You, you got, you what, two and six? Shut up. It's okay. Oh, aggressive. I, it's okay, Charlie. I had my own two and six week in week two. I have recovered since then, but I know the feeling. It's not a good feeling. It happens when you're making picks like this. I do also want to say in your defense here, this is a slate of games. These aren't like all the, I'll say this for myself as well. These games that we're picking here. We're trying to put a bunch of SEC games on here and a couple of big national games, so we think that's what you guys want to hear us talk about. But these aren't always necessarily games that you would bet on, right? Right. Like, there's a lot of games, and we'll talk about some of these today, like where you look at the the, the game and you're like, I, I don't know, man. Like, Penn State, Iowa, like, that could totally go either way. I would not bet any money on that game. So I get that some of these are, are tougher than others, but, you know... When you're gambling a little bit, when you don't you're making have to picks, make me, try to make me I, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to let you up here. But I know you think I give you a hard time on the show sometimes, so I'm trying to like do the no opposite. Big deal. I'm fine. Okay, it's just one week, two and six. You don't really care, do you? I mean, I, I do. See, I care about these things, but I know that you well, don't. Well, also, like, I don't want us to always have the same picks, so sometimes I have to pick things. No, I no, 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 no. I don't. No, I don't want you to pick who you think is going to cover, I whether mean, it's the right, but, team I picked or not. Well. Which of those is... Right, so you missed six games. Which of them was your worst pick? Well, I should have picked UGA to cover. Yeah, that was a heart pick. Which, I can't even... I don't even want to go there again. We're not going to get into the Sam Pittman argument again. But, yeah, okay, you you didn't want old Sammy Boy to get run out of town, which he clearly did get run Miss out of town. I thought Ole would have played better. Yeah, I thought Ole Miss would have played better. Uh, I didn't have many that I was just, like, embarrassed by. Like, I, like, Ole Miss, okay, yeah, in retrospect, not a good pick. But, I mean, I don't think... It was outlandish that they had a chance to cover in that game. Clearly, they did not. 
But the other ones I missed, I didn't feel like they were terrible picks. I think I'd probably make most of those picks again. Wisconsin, I guess, maybe for me. I picked Wisconsin to win that game, and they got run out of their own building. Jump around did not work for them this time around. Did you see that Michigan was actually like doing their own little jump around there? They're kind of taking it over. Cause it's weird. Isn't it kind of weird when you're down by like two or three scores in the fourth quarter, and then here comes Wisconsin doing jump around? Isn't that just kind of weird? I mean... We still do fourth quarter stuff. Yeah, but jump around is like a different level of energy. I mean, it's a tradition. I so. guess it's a tradition. I guess. Yeah, since what, 1996 maybe? I think is when they started that. But I guess it's a tradition. But anyway, all right. Let's look at where our totals are now through five weeks. So, Charlie, yes, you went two and six last week. I went four and four. I guess a little bit better, not much better. I actually went into the night games four and two with two games left. I thought I had a shot at six and two because I felt pretty good about AM and LSU heading into those night games. But obviously, the Aggies and the Tigers both let me down. LSU blew that one late. AM just, they don't got it, man. They don't got it right now, especially offensively. So with last week's results, Charlie is now 19-21 and 21 against this press. So Charlie, you're still like hovering right around 500. Nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Charlie did hit on Kentucky as her upset special, which brings her season total with her upset specials to 3-1. and one. Uh, Charlie, did you ever get a lock in last week? I don't remember you mentioning a lock. Yeah, it was Ole Miss. Ole Miss was your lock to... You had, oh, you had them pulled out right upset. That's right, that's right. That was, no, I had them to cover. My upset special. Okay, was, okay, okay. My okay. upset special. My was bad. I missed. I misunderstood that for a second. Yes, you're right. Oh, misses your lock, so you missed that. So I think. And that, I missed my upset special, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is an upset special. You had Notre Dame as upset special. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's revise that. Charlie is now three and two on the year with her upset specials. And, is that better or worse? I didn't. Hear uh, you you said. were three and one. Now that you ratted on yeah. yourself, you're now three and two with Notre Dame. You should have kept that to yourself. But you're an honest person, and I value that in you. Thank you for that. Well, then you would have just asked why I didn't have an upset you're, special. You're, oh, no, you did. Already, you I, you hit on Kentucky as your upset special. That was another one. So I, Right, you had two upset specials. So now, when you went one on one last week, you're now at three and two with your upset specials. Sure. That's how that works. Sure. And you're now two and two in your locks of the week. After last week, I'm still a little bit above 500 at 21 and 19 against the spread. I also, like Charlie, nailed the Kentucky upset special and my bonus upset special of the week was Tennessee over Missouri. And uh, yeah, I hit that one in a big way. Was it 62 to 24 or something like that? So that pushed me to six and one on the year with my upset specials. I'm not gonna lie, I feel pretty good about that. However, I did miss my lock of the week for the first time since week one when LSU let that lead slip late against Auburn. That pissed me off, man. Not happy about that. So that brings me to five and two on the season with my lock. Still feel really good about that, but six and one would feel a lot better than five and two. But as I say each and every week on these episodes, it's only up from here. It's only up from here, guys. So Charlie... Let's go. Oh, actually, real quick, before we get into it, I do want to give our listeners, especially those who are participating in our Pick'em League, an update on where things stand. Right now, HBTF Dogs is sitting at number one with 207 points, PD19 at 199, and Tom Harlow is sitting there at 195. So that's our top three. Charlie, um, I have an admission to make. I have to admit something to you. Yes. I gave you a hard time last week for not keeping up with your picks. Oh, did you not do yours? So, um, here's what happened. Oh, no. What happened is you just didn't do them. No, no. It's not that simple, Charlie. Don't it usually take, is. Don't take too much joy in this. On Monday, I glanced at 
the slate, because that's when they released the new slate for the week, last Monday, and I quickly just made some cursory preliminary picks, just click some things, some things. And I was gonna come back to it later in the week after I'd done some more research into these games and these teams, and then I was gonna update my picks and then rank them, you know, with my confidence picks. Um, I didn't get back to that after Monday, Charlie. So I gave you a hard time, and I want to call myself out here for doing something very similar to what you had done previously and just screw that up. So my picks are now a mess. Uh, I don't even know what I did last week, but now I'm like 30. I was 11th. Now I'm 35th. Uh, let me see. What did I even have last week? I can't remember my picks. Yeah, basically, you, you guys can look at my picks. They're the exact same as they were going in, like when they released the slate. The same order they were in, they were in that order. And um, yeah, it didn't work out so well for me because I picked LSU to win. I picked Baylor to win. And I, those ended up being like the number nine and 10 confidence level points and didn't work out so well. So that sucks, Charlie. I'm going to still keep going with it. I'm not going to quit, but that's frustrating. But congratulations to everyone who is on top right now. I'm going to try to make my way back up there. But yeah, that was a, that was a boneheaded move. So I... I want you to know, Charlie, you're not alone. You're not alone in messing those picks up. But okay, Charlie, we got a lot of games to get to. Where are we kicking things off with with this week's slate of games? We're going to kick things off this week with the Red River Rivalry. Say it slow. I said it slow and I still can't say it correctly. One more time. Red, Red River, River Rivalry. You cannot say it fast. Red River Rivalry. Oh, whoa. That was good. Okay. Oh, sorry. That was exciting. It's my turn. Go ahead. And so the Oklahoma Sooners are favored by three and a half over the Texas Longhorns. Overall, I haven't been impressed with Oklahoma this season. I don't think a lot of people have been. They're 5-0, and but they came very close to losing a few of those games, and they've just been skating by. This past weekend, they beat Kansas State, I guess, but it was only 37-31. to uh, They stay up in the rankings because they're Oklahoma, and the voters just look at the box score. But even if you look at the box, store, box score, excuse me, you would think people would look a little bit closer. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even like, the box scores is like, yeah, is it that impressive? Yeah, and it's like, mm, I don't but know But hey, it's that. Oklahoma, and they haven't yeah. lost yet, so we got to have them up there. Might need to question those rankings. When's the first college football playoff ranking come it's, out? November? It's, I think, the week following Florida? the cocktail party, yeah. Okay, all right, first week in November. Now, as for Texas, they're 4-1 and one with their only loss to Arkansas, but other than that, they haven't really played anyone. Unless, I don't know, do we consider TCU? I mean, TCU's someone. They're not like a, a big someone, no. but they're, they're, they're something. I mean, they Zach that, Evans is a beast. They won that game last weekend. On the 30, road. 32-27. And they've had a lot of issues with TCU in the past, so kind of yeah. get that monkey off their back. So with this being a huge rivalry game, and the way it ended last year with Oklahoma winning overtime, I'm going to take Texas to cover. This is a revenge game for those kids that played last year. And I'm going to make this an upset special. How dare you? Are you impressed that I made it? That I remember? I, I am impressed. I am impressed that don't you... Don't get too excited because I still don't have a lock. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I remembered 50 Charlie's mid-season. I remembered 50 And you still haven't figured this out. Well, I've done... I have to think... I have to continue to think through my picks. Because clearly last As week I'm, my lock did not work out for me. Uh, no, I mean... But you can put thought into the picks before the show, right? Like, that's a that's an option. I'm still thinking. Okay, I'm still thinking. Well, I want to uh, give you some congratulations here for actually having an upset special. And also, how dare you? Why did how you want to How dare pick you steal my thunder? Good pick. Sorry. Good pick, Charlie. Good pick. I'll give you some props there. Well, you're right, Charlie. Oklahoma, yeah, they're still undefeated, I guess. 
but they are very much still living on the edge. Texas, yeah, they have the one loss at Arkansas, and it was not a pretty loss. Watched that game several times preparing for last week's game against Arkansas. But that's not the same Texas team, all right? They have a new quarterback. Hudson Card started the season as a starting quarterback. He is no longer their starting quarterback. It is now Casey Thompson. And their offensive numbers, kind of like when JT Daniels took over last year, have increased pretty dramatically almost across the board. Oklahoma, if you look at them, guys, Oklahoma is 44th nationally in total offense. That's good, right? Solid, not bad. 433 yards a game, 6.3 yards per play. It's pretty good by any measure. But that's not Oklahoma offense. That's not what they are, all right? The past couple years, guys, I mean, this is the best offense in college football over the past couple years. Now, last year, you started to see a little bit of a decline. And a lot of people just chalked that up to Spencer Rattler being young. And this year, they were just going to take the world by storm again. It was like a, a momentary blip in the radar last year. And even last year, they were 11th nationally at 494 yards a game, 6.97 yards per play. But in two of the previous years coming into last year, they were number one in the country in total offense. In fact, in the previous four years prior to last year, they had not finished lower than third nationally in total offense and not averaged less than 537 yards a game and not less than 7.54 yards per play. They were as good as it was, as there, as there was in the country, guys, as good as it got. They were winning with offense under Lincoln Riley. But the problem for Oklahoma right now is that offense no longer exists, at least not right now. I'm not saying they can't come back from it, but right now, that Oklahoma offense that had been carrying them for years, it's not there. It's not there right now. Now, Texas is not great on defense. They did get lit up by Texas Tech and Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, I wouldn't say lit them up, but they did pretty much what they wanted. They played Arkansas's game and did what they wanted to in that football game. But dare I say the Texas offense is more functional than the Oklahoma offense right now? I think they are. I mentioned Casey Thompson's been inserted as the starting quarterback. They've averaged 558 yards a game since Thompson took over as QB1 in Austin. They were only averaging 345 yards a game before that. And guys, I'm here to tell you, Texas has the best football player in this game. Bijan Robinson is the real deal at running back. I talked a lot about Tank Bixby coming in the year, and I still think Tank Bixby for Auburn is really good. But Bijan Robinson is the best running back that I have seen this season. I haven't seen them all, but he's the best back I have seen this season. And he can carry the load like he did against TCU with the 35 carries for 216 yards and a couple of scores. And again, Oklahoma, they have been living on the edge. They've been walking the tightrope really all season. And this is the game where that tightrope snaps. Everyone keeps waiting for the Oklahoma offense to break out. Like it's just a given. It's going to happen eventually. But maybe this is just who they are this season. Maybe they just don't have the same playmakers out wide. Maybe Spencer Rattler isn't Kyler Murray. He isn't Baker Mayfield. He isn't even Jalen Hurts. Maybe defenses have caught up to Lincoln Riley a little bit. Maybe all those things are actually true. So I think Texas rides B. John Robinson to the win, and they take control of the Big 12. I'm with you, Charlie. Not only do they cover, they win outright. Upset special to start us off. All right. Let's jump over to the SEC West, where 4-1 Arkansas will be traveling to 3-1 Ole Miss on Saturday. The Razorbacks have wins over Texas and Texas A&M, but were obviously handed a piece of humble pie last weekend here in Athens. 
While Ole Miss has really only played Alabama, which didn't go so well for them last weekend. Not so well. Did you see uh, Lane Kivens having to apologize for his the popcorn? popcorn? Get your popcorn ready. Didn't he say, like, we forgot to plug in the microwave or something? I didn't hear that part. I missed. I, I must miss that. I saw that in a tweet somewhere. Maybe. He shouldn't apologize for any of that. It's no. just fun. He's. I mean, it's kind of funny that it didn't work He's out. He's just a character. You can't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, people are hating on him for the uh, yeah. pop. I'm like, dude, no. it's just fun. I'm chill he, out. He just wants to get a rise out of people. That's, That's exactly it. right. So while Ole Miss's offense wasn't as productive as I thought they would be against the Tide, I think Matt Corral and his receiver Matt. Corral. Say it, me. say it slowly. Matt Corral. I'm having issues today. You had issues last week too. I know. I think that they're going to be too much for the Arkansas defense to handle. I know that Arkansas has the umbrella safeties or whatever, but I still just don't know that they can contain. Ole Miss runs the ball really well too. They're incredibly yeah. balanced. Yeah. So I'm going right. to take Ole Miss to win and cover the six. Points Does that hurt today. you deep down? Why? I like Lane Kiffin too. Oh, this is like the Charlie off. Like, whoa, Lane Kiffin versus Sam Pittman, your two guys. I like, uh, yeah. It's a tough one. I just find Lane Kiffin extremely entertaining. So you like entertainment and comedy and humor. You value that more than kindness in a guy like Sam Pittman. No, I think I see who you are, Charlie. Okay, so you're being honest now. You're not picking with your heart. Okay. Make your pick. Okay. All right. This is an intriguing matchup. I, I do honestly. I want Arkansas to win this game because you know we beat Arkansas handily. Alabama beat Ole Miss handily. So whose win was more impressive? In this game, like not that this game is the be all end all there, but in a lot of people's minds, people who rank games or rank teams, they look at stuff like this. So I think it's a very intriguing matchup. Almost identical defensive schemes. You mentioned Charlie that Arkansas runs that three-two-six umbrella defensive scheme. Ole Miss runs basically the exact same thing. They really do. And, and you saw what both Georgia and Alabama did to those schemes last week with their run games. They both had the same game plan. Let's just run the football right at them, and they can't stop us. And you know what? It worked to great effect. So which team, I think the question here is, which team is more equipped to win this game with their ground game? And I don't know if there's a clear answer there. Ole Miss has been more balanced, and they have the more capable quarterback Ole Miss has also been more productive on the ground if you look at their, their rushing numbers, but they also run more plays. Both teams have dual threat quarterbacks. I do think that KJ Jefferson is more of a true runner. Corral can run the ball, but he wants to get down. Jefferson wants to punish you. I mean, he's not gonna, he doesn't do much sliding. He, he's trying to run over you. Again, I really want Arkansas to win this game. I really, really do. They are better defensively by about 100 yards a game. But on the flip side, Ole Miss is about 100 yards a game better on offense. So this is really a, this is almost a, a toss-up to me. It really is. It would be a letdown spot for Ole Miss coming off the Bama beatdown. But I think you can also say the same thing about Arkansas because their fans were flying high. They were talking trash for the game. Their players were talking trash. And they got brought back down to earth. I think it's kind of a letdown spot for both teams. So I think at the end of the day, I, I just think Ole Miss has more weapons offensively. They're more balanced, and they are at home. It's a weird 11 o'clock local start for them, which usually favors the road team. But I'm with you here, Charlie. I'm also going to take the Rebels to win and cover the six. But okay. I want Arkansas to win. So you want to be wrong? I don't want – I don't actively want to be wrong, but what's good for Georgia, in my mind – takes precedent over what's good for me and my picks. So why don't so, you pick them to win? Well, because I'm trying to tell you who I think is going to win. It's different than who I want to win. I think Ole Miss is going to win and cover. I want Arkansas to win. Okay. Two right. different things. you got to separate right. them, Charlie. Moving on. For Betting our, one-on-one. Okay. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. For our Big Ten game of the week, we have a top five matchup with Penn State. The Penn State Nittany Lions going to Iowa, where one team will remain undefeated and the other one will get their first loss of the season. Penn State has notable wins over Auburn and Wisconsin. However, it might have looked like a notable win at the time, but is the Wisconsin win really all that impressive at this point? No, Wisconsin is simply not good. No, it's not. I mean, it, that's weird. Like you get when you beat a team just because they were ranked high to start the season, you still get credit for that win, even though like they're not good. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, the, the, people Unless do it selectively. you're Georgia, and yeah. then people are like, "Oh, well, you yep. beat Clemson. That's no big yep. deal." People do it selectively. Yes. Whatever fits their argument. Exactly. Their narrative. Yeah. All right. Well, then there's Iowa, who has really only beaten Iowa State, and they rolled Maryland last Friday, winning 51 to 14, and causing. Tua Tungavailoa, did I say it right? Oh, uh, you said Tungavailoa, not Tua. Talia? Talia. Talia Tungavailoa to be benched after throwing five interceptions. That was ugly to watch. It was um, tough. It was tough. As you might expect in a top five matchup, it's a tight spread with the Hawkeyes giving two at home. Uh, for me, this is a toss-up. I think the crowd really plays into this because it's at Kinnick Stadium which the fans are, like, right on the field. They're, like, right up on it, the field. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. It's almost like Oklahoma State with the fans, like, yeah. right there on the sideline. Yeah. So, I guess I'm going to take, I don't know, Iowa. I mean, I don't know. After it's last, tough, it, it, I mean, after it's almost last a week, I have zero confidence in anything I say or pick. Oh, come on. I Be am. bold. I'm going with Iowa. Don't let one bad week throw you off. Going with Iowa. Okay, neither team. I know this is going to sound outlandish to some people out there because this is a top five matchup. However, I don't think either team in this game is national championship good. I simply do not. I've watched both of them play multiple times. I think they're both good teams, good to very good teams. I don't think either one is a national championship caliber team. I really don't. I mean, honestly, I'm not even sure they're playoff caliber teams. Somebody's going to be in the playoffs this year, but I don't think these teams are like traditionally like, that good. Um, or at least based on when I say traditionally, I mean like based on the teams who have gotten into the playoffs the past couple years. But they are built similarly. Similarly. It's my turn to not be able to speak, Charlie. Rivalry is a tough word for you. Similarly, there we go. It's a tough word for me. Similarly, should I slow myself down? Why don't I just help myself out here and not say the word? They're built in similar fashions. There we go. Built in similar fashions. Really good defense and just enough offense. Iowa is the more dominant defense and Penn State is the better and more capable offense. 
but it's more than just defense. Like when you talk about how good Iowa's been, yeah, they've been awesome on defense. Their numbers are great across the board. But Iowa has won games by creating a massive amount of turnovers, an avalanche of turnovers. They are number one in the country in turnover margin. They're plus 12 in the year through five games. They have created a whopping 16 turnovers through five games. Charlie, I'm not good at math. This is well documented. But 16 turnovers through five games, correct me if I'm wrong, that's more than three a game. That's really good. That's really, really good football. But here's the thing. I was only plus 243 yards on the year with their total yardage differential. And guys, I'm big on total yards differential. So if you're new to the show, I haven't brought this stat out throughout the season to this point because we haven't had enough games now through five weeks. I think we got enough games to where the total yardage differential is pretty telling. And what the total total yardage differential is, is simply you take the total number of yards a team has gained and the total number of yards they have surrendered. You subtract them and you got the total yardage differential, right? So Iowa, they're plus, which is good. You want to be in the positive, but they're only plus 243 on the year, which tells me that they're not really, they're not dominant. They're just not dominating anyone. And here's a crazy stat for you. Here's a really crazy stat for you. Iowa is 118th in total offense, averaging only 324 yards a game, but they're 44th in the country in points scored, like 34 points a game. What does that tell me? That tells me their offense cannot move the ball. If their offense has to go down the field and move the ball and score points, they can't do it. 118th nationally in total offense. But they've been able to put points on the board because their defense has created a ton of short fields and scoring opportunities for them. So how does that impact this game? Well, Sean Clifford, at quarterback for Penn State, has been a major turnover machine himself in the past. I mean, just look at last year alone. He had 10 turnovers himself through the first five games last year. Oh, no, yeah. By the way, in those five games, Penn State was 0-5 last season to start the year. And he got briefly benched because of that. He actually had three consecutive games last year where one of his turnovers led to a, de- a defensive score. So he's had those issues in the past. It's literally gotten him benched. But this year's been different. He does have three interceptions, but 11 touchdowns, three picks. But he still has been much more careful with the football this year. You know that's been hammered into his head. I think Penn State is the better team. When I watch these teams play, I think all around, I think Penn State's better, and I think they will win this game if they do not have those game-changing turnovers, because I just think they're more capable of scoring offensively. That's a big if. It is a big if, because Sean Clifford does have those turnover issues in the past, but again, you have to think that's been being drilled into his mind this week. So this is one of those games that I am not super, super confident about. I wouldn't bet on it myself, but... It's on the slate, and I don't think Iowa's offense is good enough against a really good Penn State defense, absent those turnovers. So give me Penn State to win and obviously cover the two-point spread because I have them winning. Upset special number two, Charlie. Upset special number two. All right. Well, some of you may have realized that I skipped a game, so we're going to backtrack for a moment and go to South Carolina at UT. So Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks are three and two, which is more wins than I thought they'd have this season. Yeah, but I mean they're might, playing better than I thought they would. Be. It might stop there. Uh, they're still looking for that first conference win, though it is in Knoxville, which is a tough place to play. Although it's twelve o'clock, so if the fans are into it, great. If they're not, we've been, I've been in Knoxville when the fans are really into it, and when they're not, it's a different environment. So we've got, I, I think coming off the Missouri win last week, there's some momentum there. I think they're probably going to be into yeah, this Yeah, but one. it's also at noon. The noon. I think that that's true, but I think, again, coming off that big Missouri win, I think that 
spark the fan base a little bit. We'll yeah. see. Well, Tennessee is looking better than most people thought, especially after Hendon Hooker led the Vols to a 62-24 victory, like you said, over Mizzou last weekend. Upset special. I don't think Shane Beamer will have many shots to get an SEC victory this season, unless it's over Vandy. I mean, they're probably going to be Vandy. Right, That's but about other it, than but that, yeah. um, I do think they have a chance to keep it somewhat close. Close-ish? Close-ish, because it is at noon. Tennessee's favored by 10.5 at home. I think Tennessee is going to cover. You think Tennessee is going to cover? All right. Well, I think you're probably right here, Charlie. South Carolina guys, they just simply cannot move the football. They're 115th nationally in total offense, 328 yards a game. Guys, they only had 357 yards against Troy last week. That's not very good. Okay? Not very good. And on the flip side, Hendon Hooker has breathed some life into this Tennessee offense. They're still not great offensively. He's not great. He's not elite. But he's better than Joe Milton was. He's playing better. He can at least complete some passes. Uh, not nearly as erratic with his accuracy as Joe Milton was. And and Hinden Hooker also gives him some threat in the run game as well, like Joe Milton did. I fully expect Tennessee to win this football game. They're at home. They're riding momentum from last week's blowout of Missouri. They're kind of figuring out who they are on offense and leaning into that. The hook here, the 10 and a half, that hook kind of scares me. I would like this a lot better if it was 10. If it was 10, I might bet on it myself. But at the end of the day, I think Tennessee is just playing better. Uh, they're playing better than we all expected them to be playing at this point in the year. I mean, think about this, guys. They played Pitt pretty close. I mean, it was a touchdown game, and it was at home, they, but they played Pitt close, and Pitt might play for the ACC title later in the year. They have a very good chance of winning the ACC Coastal. They played Florida to a stalemate for a half in the swamp at night. They actually outgained Florida in the first half of that game in Gainesville, 251 to 238 yards. And then they just walloped Missouri on the road last week. I'm not ready to say they're good. I'm not going that far yet. But I will say they aren't exactly bad either. And I, again, I just don't trust the South Carolina offense to score. So while I don't love this pick with that hook, and I wouldn't bet on it because it's 10.5 instead of 10, give me the Vols to cover the 10.5 here. Don't feel great about it, but give me Tennessee at home. All right. This next game has Notre Dame traveling to Virginia Tech where they're in search of redemption after losing to Cincinnati last week. Jack Cohn was benched last week for freshman Drew Pine, but they still couldn't get enough going to beat the Bearcats. Yikes. I yeah. don't know. It was just... I mean, it was. they had three different quarterbacks that played that game. Yeah, you're right. I stopped watching. They had three quarterbacks. It was just kind of... They had, obviously, Cohn, had a true freshman and a redshirt freshman play. Yeah. As for the Hokies, they had a fantastic start to the season with their upset over North Carolina in Week 1, which seems to have derailed the Tar Heels season from the get-go. Um, but we can talk about that another day. Yeah. Uh, since Week 1, Virginia Tech has lost a close one on the road to West Virginia, and then they played two cakewalk games um, after that. The Hokies get to play at home in Lane Stadium at night, so you have to think the home crowd will help them out. Notre Dame is favored by one, so Vegas basically sees this as a pick 'em. Uh, I'm going to go with the home team and take the Hokies. Charlie, I don't think Virginia Tech is very good, but I don't think that means your pick is crazy. Virginia Tech just does not have it on offense. They they haven't gained more than 383 yards in any single game all season. They, and guys, they've also played Middle Tennessee State and Richmond. They had 318 yards against Richmond. They've also played West Virginia and North Carolina, who gave up 550 yards passing to Virginia a couple of weeks ago. They're really good on defense, but because of their poor offensive play, they're only plus 17 yards on the year in their total yards differential. I mean, it's a miracle they are where they are. But here's the thing, Charlie. Notre Dame isn't very good either. 
they're also struggling offensively. They have they have not gained more than 343 yards in a single game over the past three weeks. They only put up 431 against Florida State, who is 93rd in the country in total defense, by the way. And as you mentioned, Charlie, there's some quarterback controversy there. There's some issues there. Who's their guy? And what's really killed Notre Dame more than anything is they simply cannot run the football. They had a great offensive line last year, lost pretty much all of those guys, and the offensive line this year just isn't there. It's not the same offensive line. They're only 124th nationally in rush offense. There's only 130 teams in the FBS, guys. They're that bad running the football. And they're not good enough at quarterback and at wide receiver. I guess Michael Mayer at tight end is really good, but they're not good enough to compensate for that with their skill players at receiver and at the quarterback position. I really don't have much of a read on this one, to be honest with you. I think it's two overvalued teams. I don't think either team is very good. Notre Dame does have the better roster, up and down the roster, but that uncertainty at quarterback, that scares me. Offensive line issues, that scares me on the road in a hostile environment at night like this. So at Lane Stadium at night, inner Sandman playing loud, the crowd going wild. Virginia Tech also had a bye week coming into this game, Charlie. And I also, I bet against Virginia Tech in a similar spot in week one against North Carolina to open the season. I will not make that same mistake again. Give me the Hokies to win. And I guess, Charlie, this is an upset special, right? Technically, it's an upset special. They're a one-point underdog. I'm picking the underdog to win outright. It's basically a pick them, but technically, technically, we both have an upset special here. Technically. Well, I already had one of those. I still need a lock. Well, we got a couple games left. (laughs) All right, we have a few games left to pick, and they're all in the SEC. The undefeated Kentucky Wildcats are hosting the LSU Tigers after beating Florida at home last weekend. That was the first time since 1986 that Kentucky beat Florida at home. I think they beat them twice since that time, total. Once in Gainesville and once in in, in Lexington now. 35 years. Yeah. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Well, we all know you've been pumping Kentucky since the offseason, but I wonder how they're handling their win this week. Will they be fully prepared? Mark Stoops is a good coach. I think he's going to have him yeah, ready. Yeah, I hope. I hope so. I know LSU has issues, and they lost to Auburn last weekend at home in Death Valley, which that was the first time that happened since, like, 1999. 1999, first time this century. Um, look at all these stats. Look I at have. you throwing them out there. But they'll be motivated to end Kentucky's winning streak for sure and get their own season back on track, or at least try to. The Cats are favored by three in this one, but this is at 730. Kentucky can get pretty loud at night. Um, I'm going with the cats. Cats. All right. I don't get this line, Charlie. I'm with you. I don't. I don't understand. Minus three. Kentucky's only a three point favorite against LSU. I. I don't understand that, man. Which means I'll probably get it wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games. Like, does somebody know something I don't know? Because when I've watched these teams play, that line. If I was. If I was making the line, it would. It'd be more than three. Let's just say that. Like, I almost want to make it my lock. Um, but then I look at my lock from well, last weekend, and I think... Well, you got you to pick a lock somewhere on the way, Charlie. All right, I'm still thinking about it. All right, well, I guess we try not to forget this time, okay? Uh, I think Kentucky's the better team. I mean, I don't think it's really close. I mean, Kentucky's better, and they're at home. It's at night. The LSU program is in disarray. Coach O has been fired by basically everyone in America except for his athletic director, and I think that's coming pretty soon, Charlie. If they lose a couple more games, I don't think he might. I don't think he's going to be saying "Go Tigers" much longer. Uh, Kentucky is just better all around. LSU cannot run the football, guys. They're 128th nationally out of 130 teams in rushing offense. And one-dimensional teams do not fare well against Mark Stoops' 
coach defenses. They simply don't. Look at Florida last week. Florida's a one-dimensional offense. LSU's even more one-dimensional. And Mark Stoops is going to be able to slow this offense down. Now, I will say on the other side, the Kentucky offense, to be fair, they have come back down to earth. We talked about this last week. They're only averaging 304 yards a game over the last three games. That is abysmal. That's not good. They got to get better if they want to keep this going. But despite those numbers, I still think this Kentucky offense is a well-balanced offense. They have a really good offensive line. I think Chris Rodriguez is a really good running back that not enough people talk about. And LSU has had issues stopping the run against teams that actually run the football. Against UCLA, against Auburn, they had issues stopping the run against both those teams. And you know what? They lost both those games. And again, what does Kentucky do best? They run the football. I think this line is disrespectful to Kentucky. People have been really slow to jump on them. It's ridiculous that they were not ranked until the Florida win. I think Kentucky wins this game clearly. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to... I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to be even remotely close, but... Three points. Give me Kentucky to win. Give me Kentucky to cover the three. Charlie, lock it up. Kentucky, minus three over LSU. That's my lock. Got it. Writing it down. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Well, CBS has a night game this week, and before the season kicked off, they selected Alabama at Texas A&M as their primetime game. Going into the season, I was unsure of Alabama's ability to reload, but they've looked pretty solid except for maybe the two-point win over Florida a few weeks ago, and I think CBS is regretting yeah, don't you think they are a little bit primetime game pick. Just a little bit. Yeah. Put a little too much faith in old Jimbo. Yeah, they did. Well, with Texas A&M having to play Calzada at quarterback, this team is not a playoff contender like some people thought they would be at the beginning of the season, and their 3-2 and record is about to be 3-3. Three and three. I picked against Alabama last weekend. I'm not making that mistake again, so Bama with the points. I feel like you were directing that some people had them as a playoff contender at me. because No, I, I think a lot of people did. Yeah, I mean, and I would throw myself in And if in they there. had their starting quarterback, what's his name? Uh, King. King. Yeah. I think that they... Mm, had maybe but they've better, had better possibility of being yeah. there but they just they, well they the, the, it's two problems quarterback play and offensive line play are both terrible yeah. and you can't win games you can't beat good teams you can't really beat many teams at all when that's the case yeah you're right charlie i thought this could be a game coming into the season i really did but nah 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 not anymore not anymore zach calzada let's just suffice it to say he ain't it he ain't it he's not ready I think he, he's got some ability. He's just not ready right now. And the AM offense, just all around, it's just a mess. Calzada's not any good. They have two awesome running backs with Spiller and A-Chain, but they have a, a flat-out terrible offensive line. So they really just cannot do anything on offense. They've been held under 300 yards in three of the last four games. That just You're not going to win football games doing that. You're just not. Their defense is good. It's pretty good. Not as good as I thought it would end up being. They've given up almost 450 yards in each of their conference games they played this season. 
So a and not good. But on the other side, I still don't think this is the same type of Alabama team. They're obviously number one. They're really good. They're one of the two teams I think that have separated themselves this season, but I still don't think they're like as good as previous Bama teams. But it's all relative, and relative to the competition so far this year, they've just been head and shoulders above better, I guess with the exception of the Florida game. So like, do I think the AM defense is good enough to challenge the Bama offense and hold them relatively in check? Yeah, I think they could do that. I can see this being a game where Bama scores like 24 to 31 points. I think the AM defense at home, at night, has enough talent to be able to hold the Bama offense in check as long as the AM offense is not turning the ball over and giving them short fields. Because I, I, just, I just don't think that Bryce Young is Mac Jones or Tua level yet. I don't think their run game is a major threat, especially with the Jace McClellan injury. But at the end of the day, I don't think it matters because Texas A&M simply cannot score. They cannot score. So give me Alabama to win. 18's a lot in this spot on the road, but A&M is just, uh, they're, they're beating down right now. I, I think, I don't want to say they've given up. Maybe they'll have a little bit of juice to start this game, but I think Alabama pulls away late and gets a late backdoor cover of that 18. I was going to make this my lock, but now you're talking me out of it. Why? What did I say to talk you out of it? At home, at night? It's but Charlie, they can't A&M. score. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're locking up. The, you pick Bama. Okay, I sorry. Bama. So you pick Bama. You pick Bama. Well, lock it up. Eh, I'll keep thinking. A&M can't score. But you're picking A&M. I am not picking A&M. I pick Bama. So why are you... Ta- okay. I was trying to play lay out both sides. Okay. I just feel like you're very confusing. I was trying to lay out both sides. Okay, this team is good at this. This team is good at that. At the end of the day, here's what I think has the edge. All right. I think what I said is I think the A&M defense is good enough to hold Bama to you know 24-31 points potentially, but I just think that they can't score. And if they can't score, even if Alabama scores only 31 points, they might beat them 31 to nothing. Therefore, they cover the 18. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, clearly that's what happened. <laughs> then you put, then you projected on me. You weren't paying attention. You're it's putting okay. on me like I'm an I idiot. Get distracted. Yeah, I know. I'll keep thinking. Well, on I know it. we I you, know. we we had the Georgia game left, right? Yes. But before we get there, Charlie, I have one bonus game I want to throw out there. We had discussed this and we kind of backed off putting it on there. We tried to leave it at eight games. I want one more game I want to throw out there because I I think it's an interesting game to look at. Maybe you guys don't. I think it's kind of interesting. What about this Michigan at Nebraska game, Charlie? Michigan at Nebraska. Michigan at Nebraska. What's the line? The line in this game, let me pull it up here real quick, is Michigan minus three and a half on the road in Lincoln. Nebraska's playing better than... Did they do like, week one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would hope. Most teams. That was bad. It was a bad look. Well, people were firing on. Scott Frost after week one. After week zero. Yeah. Week zero, they're like, Scott Frost is gone. He's done. Fire him now. Yeah. And uh, they've kind of recovered a little yeah. bit here. A little bit. I mean, it, that's, isn't that a weird line? Michigan's like a top 10 team. They're only a three and a half point favorite at Nebraska. That's, 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 that's interesting. It's an interesting line. Yeah, I think Michigan's been playing okay lately. I wonder if their luck is running out. Well, they've been winning with luck. I mean, they barely beat Rutgers. I know. I'm just saying, like, I feel like at some point this season, it's just going to be like, yeah. How so you're they saying win, they you, you think games? Michigan's a pretender? Yes. Their, their, their record's inflated right now. Correct. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. Green-ish I don't know. I think I'd take Nebraska. Are we cover? actually writing this let's, one down? Let's, 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 okay. let's throw a bonus game in there. you just threw this in I know. I know. You, this we is didn't me. agree on this game. We, we did not. With. We did not. But you're having so much trouble figuring out a lock, so I thought I'd give you another chance to maybe well, have a I'm game. Well, I'm not going to lock this up. It's three and a half points. Charlie, I might. I don't know. I don't know, Charlie. Well, I think you're right. People were too quick to bury Nebraska. I'm not saying Nebraska's a great team. 
They're not great, but they are actually pretty good. I mean, I've, I watched the game against Michigan State. Nebraska's better than people think. I think people watched them in week zero against Illinois and just gave up on them. I know that's exactly what happened. People got fixated on that game against Illinois, but they've been sneaky goodish since then. They had catastrophic turnovers in that Illinois game. They should have beaten Illinois. They were way better than Illinois, but they haven't had those kind of catastrophic turnovers since then. Yes, they are three and three, but they had a tough schedule so far. They played Oklahoma very close on the road in Norman. They lost by a touchdown there. They lost to Michigan State in overtime in a game in which they dominated, honestly. They outgained the Spartans by 200 yards, and they somehow lost that game in overtime. They just beat Northwestern by 50. Charlie, I know Northwestern sucks, but when you beat them by 50, that's something. That's something. That, I mean, that that's something, okay? And, and here's the, their schedule. They played four FBS teams. They played three conference teams already. And get this, Charlie. Nebraska... Despite playing four FBS teams, three conference teams already, they are plus 1,089 yards on the year. Iowa, remember I told you Iowa's only plus like 243, something like that? Yeah. Nebraska's plus over 1,000 on the year. Nebraska is far better than people think they are. They've had some turnover problems, and they blew that game against against, uh, Michigan State. They easily, easily could be 5-1 right now. But they aren't. They aren't, and that's, that's on them. But... They are better than people give them credit for. And Michigan guys, I'm telling you, they're one-dimensional. Yeah, they won at Camp Camp Randall. Whoopee! Wisconsin is average as grits this season. Who cares about that win? I think Michigan is good, especially on defense. But if you can stop their run game and force K. McNamara to beat you with his arm, I don't think he can do it. He's not great, and they don't have great weapons on the outside. Nebraska has held their two last opponents under 100 yards rushing, and Michigan State was one of those opponents. And guys, Michigan State is top 25 nationally right now in rushing offense, averaging 210 yards a game. Kenneth Walker, their running back, is leading the country in rushing yards. Nebraska held them under 100 yards. That's really all Michigan can do offensively. Yes, turnovers killed Nebraska in week zero, but Taylor, but Adrian Martinez has not thrown an interception in almost a month. It's in Lincoln at night. I think this is where Scott Frost finally gets his signature win as the Nebraska head coach. Charlie, this is upset special number three. I love this pick. In fact, Charlie, you know what? For the first time ever, I'm doing something that's never been done, an unprecedented move on the Glory UGA podcast. I'm going to lock up an upset special. I'm taking the dog to win outright, and I'm locking it up. Give me Nebraska. I'm putting money on this one. Oh, real money? I'm putting real money on this game. Okay. So I just want to throw that one out there. Listeners, I feel good about this don't one. gamble responsibly. Yes, yes, gamble responsibly. But, you know, have fun. We, have, we only have one difference so far. No. Yeah. What? Iowa, Penn State. Well, we, we got to be intellectually Did honest. Did you pick Ole Miss or Arkansas? I picked Ole Miss, but remember this is the one you gave me crap for. I want Arkansas to win, but I'm picking Ole Miss to yeah, win. Yeah, I don't remember. I was trying to write it down, but then I had okay. to start. It's okay. If we don't have difference, again. we don't have difference. We're trying to give right. people what we think. Well, let's talk about the most important game of the week with Georgia making the short trip to Auburn ugh, on Saturday as the 14.5-point road favorite. I'll say that having kickoff at 3.30 is definitely better than having a night game at Jordan Air, uh, especially when you don't know which version of Bo Nix is going to show up. It's not so much that there are two versions of him. It just depends on how lucky he gets, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, last weekend, Bo Nix led Auburn to their first win in Death Valley, like I said earlier, since 1999. But the previous week, he was benched for his poor play and decision-making against Georgia State at home. Yep. So, yep. 
Who knows what we're going to get? Bo Nix cannot put two good performances together. He has not, through his career, he's up and down. Yeah. One great performance, one not so great performance, and just kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, so this is the Deep South's oldest rivalry after all, and Auburn will bring everything they have because everyone's going to want to knock us off for sure now. Our defense has been outstanding so far this year, only allowing six points in the first half of games and the past two weeks allowing zero points. Very impressive. You think so? Yeah. Just a little bit? You know, last year I said that defense wins games, and you were like, no, now it's an offensive game. But I think that perhaps defense is more important this year than it has been in the recent past. I think maybe there's something to that. I think defense, you still have to be really good on defense to win championships, but you also have to be able to score, Charlie. Like, if our offense was the same as it was back in 2019, we probably still would have won all the games we played so far because teams just aren't scoring. But when you play the better teams in your schedule, I still believe you got to be able to put up points. you got to score. Yeah, but it's very impressive. No, it's incredibly impressive. And I will say, you're right. If other teams don't score, they can't win. Right. And if you just... God, take away their will to live. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're destroying souls. <laughs> I mean, literally, people are just passing up blocks because it's like we're not going to try. It. it ain't worth it, man. Yep. I don't want that. All right. Well, we also know JT, JT Daniels didn't play last weekend and is a game time decision. He's not playing Saturday. Highly unlikely. Uh, yeah. But with Stetson Bennett at quarterback, I think the dogs will win this game. Cover the 14 and a half. Hmm, I'll take it. Ooh, Charlie, you usually don't like those big lines. Is that a big line, though? 14 and a half is not big. It's not. To it's 32. not. You're right. You're right. It, it, granted. Fair enough. Um, at the beginning of your little... Oh, I did pick a lock before we move on. Okay, here's your lock. Because I'll forget. Here's your lock. Let us know, please. I am locking up Bama. Bama, you're officially locking up Bama. Which is Bama probably a stupid 18. decision. Honestly, if you took Bama every single game the rest of the season to, to be your lock, you would, come out, you would come out ahead. I've said that, and then I got screwed last weekend. Well, that was one weekend, Charlie. But you didn't take no, Bama. I didn't take Bama. You, you, you went so, against your own principal. When I should have taken Bama, I didn't take Bama. And right. Take Bama every week. You're going to come out on top. So you mentioned at the outset of your little monologue there, You, I heard a little, <sighs> when you said Auburn. On a scale of 1 to 10, Charlie, how excited are you about this weekend's trip to the Plains? I do not like Auburn, Alabama. Give me a number. 1 to 10. 1? 1. I'm, can you get below one? If there's anything below one, I will take that. I, I am guys. I you guys know I live for Georgia football. It is in my DNA. I look forward to it all year long. I'm a different person this time of year. I'm just a happier person. I'm a better person this time of year. And I get extraordinary. And I love road trips. I go to all these games. I I actually I mean you know call me blasphemous if you want. I like going to road games more than going to home games. I've been to Sanford Stadium so many times. I love going to Sanford Stadium. Don't get me wrong. But there's something about being in enemy territory, being there, supporting the team, seeing something you don't get to always see. I love that. But, Charlie, I'm having a really hard time getting excited about going to Auburn this weekend. I'll have a good time of the game, hopefully, as long as we win. Knock on wood. But I'm having a really hard time getting excited. In fact, in some ways, I'm dreading it. It's almost like a lost weekend because it just sucks. It's a terrible terrible, terrible talent. It's the definition of Nowheresville, USA. It just is. I can't stand it. So I'm going because it's what fans do. You got you to go. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to go, so I, I shouldn't complain all that much. I am excited about the game. I, I do love the excitement and the energy in the stadium. But man, Auburn, what a, what a terrible college town. Yeah, and it's going to be hot. 
Yeah, that's another thing I, I haven't. I mentioned this on the on the preview episode. I have an issue with the fact this game is not in November. Every time I go to Auburn, like, don't you get to feel like you're supposed to be wearing jeans and a hoodie or a pullover? And for me, a beanie because I'm bald and have no hair and I get cold. That's what this game is supposed to be like in mid-November. Well, I don't like their stadium because it's steep. I mean, it's steep. It's not as steep as some of the other ones we've seen. No, but it's not comfortable. Like, I I feel unsafe in the visitor section as high as it is and as steep as the stairs are. Basically because I'm old and my knees are horrible and going down the stairs is frightening. It's not worse than Clemson. You went to the Clemson game, right? Back I'd in, say they're equally as bad. I thought Clemson was like straight up in the air. No, that's Tennessee. Tennessee straight up in the air too. I feel like Clemson was really steep as well. Yeah, I guess you, I guess you could throw Auburn in that mix as well. Yeah, it's just not. I mean, it's just not a great trip. It's a, I I know it's a rivalry and we gotta play them every other year. I just wish we had some other rivalry that wasn't Auburn because anywhere, honestly, anywhere would be better than going to Auburn. Even Clemson might be better than going to Auburn. Definitely closer. Yeah, I mean, Clem, I. Clemson's a terrible college town, too. The two worst I've been to by far, hands down. But you're right, it's closer. I'd rather go to Clemson. I mean, yeah. Anyway, no one cares about that. Let's go ahead and get into my actual breakdown of this game. And guys, man, I have to admit it. I've done what I vowed to myself I would not do this season. I've talked myself into being concerned about this game. At least to some degree. And I know I shouldn't be intellectually. I know that. I know. But at least some degree, I kind of gotten myself concerned about this game the closer we get to it. It's my MO. It's what I do. The closer a game gets, the more my anxiety kicks in. I know intellectually we are the better team. But I've taught myself into officially worrying about this spot. It's just in my DNA. It's all those years of writing to my own games as a kid, listening to Larry Munson on the radio. It's just, it's part of my, the fabric of Tyler. That, that's all, all I can say. But, I mean, the spot does concern me some here. Uh, I do think Auburn got a shot in the arm with their win over LSU last weekend, getting that first win in Baton Rouge in over 20 years. It's going to be the first truly hostile environment that we have played in. And not just this season, guys, but the first truly hostile environment that we played in since the last time we played there back in 2019. I think that's what concerns me the most, to be honest with you. A lot of our key players on offense have not experienced something like that. A lot of our skill players, I mean, think about, think about it, guys. Seriously, our skill players, A.D. Mitchell, Brock Bowers, top two guys in terms of pass catchers, have never played in an environment like this ever. Never have. Jermaine Burton, Darnell Washington, they played a lot last year. They didn't play in an environment like this. Kyrus Jackson has played in an environment like this, but who knows how much he's going to play. That's something that does kind of concern me a little bit as is the fact that there's almost certainly going to be no JT Daniels here because that reduces our margin for error. But yeah, I know, guys. It's the weird thing. I know all of that is irrational. My concern is irrational. I understand that. I know it's not based on much of anything other than my previous traumas as a Georgia fan. And I think Charlie's right. At the end of the day, we're going to get their best shot. But even though that's being the case, while we will get their best shot... I just don't think that Auburn has the horses to hang with us absent us helping them out in some big way. I mean, think about it, guys. Yeah, they beat LSU, but LSU is not good. That LSU program is in a bad place. They've been outgained in their total yards differential. They've been outgained on the year. And even though it's that LSU team who's not good, it still took a heroic effort from backyard Bo Nix, who wasn't even really good in the game, but he made a handful of spectacular backyard plays to beat LSU. It took that to beat LSU. So that's why I say like I do think it would take like a, two, a 2017 level meltdown 
for us to lose this game because we are just that much more talented. But the thing is, 2017 did happen. I don't like to remember it, but it did happen. Yes, this is a different year. Yes, this is a different team. But it's certainly not unprecedented for something like that to happen. And I guess it's just one of those things that I never forget. It's always in the back of my mind that it's possible. And that's where kind of these concerns, this anxiety comes from. But the more I think about it, and this is what I'm trying to tell myself, I've been talking about it all season. This is just a different Georgia team. Sure, you can criticize our schedule all you want. Say we haven't played anybody. We hear that a lot these days. But you know what? We've dominated that schedule in a way that we never have in my lifetime. Bo Nix is a much better quarterback at home, but who do they have that scares you on the outside? D-Rob? D-Rob? Seriously? The guy that transferred to Auburn because they couldn't get reps here? That guy is supposed to scare me? They have two really good running backs, but will that offensive line be able to hold up against our front six? And if not, Bo Nix is going to be able to consistently fit, fit the ball into tight windows when we don't have to roll the safeties down to stop the run? That's going to happen? I mean, I guess anything's possible, but none of that is likely. I do think that we're going to have to hit some plays in the pass game to make them pay for getting numbers around the line of scrimmage. That's my key to the game, as I laid out in the preview episode. And we're going to have to win outside and the young guys that are out there, guys like A.D. Mitchell and Brock Bowers, they can't let the crowd affect them. But despite my tradition of always letting myself get riddled with anxiety and have these concerns grow as we get closer and closer to the game, I just think we're better. I'm trying to let my intellect win out over my DNA, over my, my heart in this one. And uh, I'm just trying to look at, it, uh, look at this objectively and throw away the Munson in me, put that little Larry Munson on my shoulder, just kind of flick him to the side here. I just think we're the more talented team, we're the better team, and I think we're going to be able to do what it takes to win this football game. And I would also say don't discount Stetson's legs in this game. I do think Auburn will come out with their hair on fire to start the game, and it might be close for a quarter or two, and then my anxiety and my blood pressure is really going to kick into high gear. But once things settle down, as long as we don't have those catastrophic turnovers that feed the beast, a la 2017, we will start to choke them out and eventually, ultimately, end up covering the 14 and a half points. So giving the dogs to win, I don't love the hook, but giving the dogs to win and cover. I've been saying all along, this is a different Georgia team, and I got to stick with it. All right. To review. To review. We only have one difference. Do we really? Only, so now we, I kind of want to pick some other people. But well, I no, no. We got, go with who you want to pick. Well, I know. Mm. Some weeks we'll have a lot of differences. Some weeks we won't. Last week we had a lot of differences, and you went two and six. And, uh, yeah, it <laughs> You need a good week. So, if you need a good week, follow my picks. All right. I have all the I'm ju- I know. That's one. why. I, I, yes, Charlie. Tongue-in-cheek is what I'm saying. Okay. So, what, what, what game are we different in? Iowa-Penn State. So, you have Iowa. I've got Penn State. And who are, who are we locking up? I'm, I like, what? I had three upset specials. I got... You locked Kentucky... And I forgot to write down the others. I locked so I locked up Kentucky. I locked up Nebraska, which is a combined lock and upset special. I had three upset special. I got Texas to pull the upset outright against I Oklahoma. Three upsets also. Okay, which one I are yours? The same team. You picked. Did you pick Nebraska to win outright or Nebraska to cover the three? I picked Nebraska to oh, win I'm outright. Nebraska to cover. Yeah. See, I'm picking Nebraska to win outright. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's. We tried to review this. That was not a very good review. So let's run run down the, the list. Here. All right. We both have Texas in an upset special. We both took Ole Miss to cover minus six. Minus six. We both took UT to cover minus ten and a half. 
I picked Iowa to cover the two. You picked Penn State in an upset special. Yes. Uh, I picked Virginia. Uh, we both picked Virginia Tech in an upset special. Oh, so I have four upset specials. Notre Dame minus one. I mean, it's I not mean, really an upset special, but technically, I mean, by pro- definition, most likely. By definition, it's technically a, it looks like a pick 'em, but it, Notre yeah. Dame right now is minus one, so it's technically an upset special. All right. Uh, we both picked Kentucky minus three. You locked that up. That's my lock. Um, we both picked Bama. I locked that up. Bama minus eighteen. We both picked Georgia. Minus 14 and a half. You picked Nebraska, as you said, an upset special and a lock. Minus three and a half for Michigan. And you've got Nebraska just to cover the three and a half. Okay, there you go. I think they can win. I just, me. I feel really good about that game. And and I've been wrong before, but, man, I feel very, very good. I think people have really discounted Nebraska after that week zero loss, and they're better than that. They're, I, don't, I don't think most people have watched them since that game. Kind of gave up on them. I just want to say I remembered an upset special and a lock. Week Charlie, six, I, round of applause. Calendars. Round of applause. It's been done. It's been done. It only took half a season. Probably won't remember next week, but I did this week. But you did it once, and no one can ever take that away from you. You did it one time. Congratulations. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us today here on the Glory UJ podcast. We really sincerely appreciate all of you taking time out of your day to listen to us here and support our show. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. If you're going to Auburn, have um, have as good of a time as you can in that town and hopefully cheer on the dogs to another victory as we look to go 6-0. Have a great weekend, guys. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>